Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. There are choices that can change your life. Like the choice to start routine colorectal cancer screening at age 45. It's one of the most common cancers for women and men, and it doesn't always have symptoms. But there's good news. Routine screening can catch colorectal cancer early and even prevent it. And there's even better news. You have screening options. Make the choice to put your health first. Talk to your doctor about your screening options. Or visit cdc.gov slash screenforlife for more information. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. Is your money working for you? The best way to hedge volatility and inflation is investing in commercial real estate with Reef. That's rreaf.com backslash investor. Skip the crowdfunding sites and invest directly with Reef. Reef owns and operates each investment, cutting out the middleman and providing investors with exclusive off-market deals. There is no better time than the present to explore our lucrative portfolio of commercial real estate. Open to accredited investors only. Visit rreaf.com backslash investor. Well, it's uh, such fresh breaking news. There is not a lot of detail, but in the last 20 minutes, we got word out of the Orange County District Attorney's Office that they have arrested a suspect in connection with that shooting spree, the robberies that occurred on Monday morning of the 7-Elevens in Riverside, Orange County. Uh, the DA is Todd Spitzer, of course. They're planning a 5 p.m. news conference. First thing I thought of when I saw this, because this is the times we live in, Thank God it's Todd Spitzer that's got the case. First thing, that's the first thing I thought of, too. If it was a Gascon <laughs> oh, case, he would say, well, we didn't know he was going to be violent, and we should really take this into consideration. Oh, he has strikes on his record? No, I'll ignore those. I, I Enhancements? Was, no, no, he used a gun? Oh, that's unfortunate, but we'll ignore those. I was so glad that he was arrested in Orange County. I'm so yes. happy. All prosecutions that, have to be done outside of L.A. County. Yes, that should be. we got to get that uh, referendum on the ballot. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, remember, Sheriff Villanueva did that because they arrested a guy or a couple of guys that shot that off-duty LAPD officer, and he turned it over to the feds. Mm -hmm. That's what he yeah. did with the case because you gotta, he doesn't want a gas going touching it. you got to find some legal loophole to transfer it over to the feds, the state, another county, anybody. Because, yeah, that, that so that it's, it's two pieces of good news. They think they have the guy doing the 7-Eleven killings, 
And Todd Spitzer is going to be doing the prosecution. There you go. Nice. So a right. better day. Uh, this occurred, by the way, in La Habra, Santa Ana, uh, Riverside, Brea. And then there was a couple of robberies uh, in the upper San Fernando Valley that they think might be connected to this. But the 7-Elevens we're talking about, and you were listening yesterday during the 3 o'clock hour, we did talk to the father of one of those who was shot at the Riverside 7-Eleven. His name was Jason Harrell. You listeners really came through. I'm looking at more than $10,000 raised yesterday alone when that, we uh, put up the GoFundMe link. That is great because when, when we first put uh, the dad on, he it was at $1,690. That's what I thought, right? Yeah. So now it's at 12725 Wow. So that's over $10,000 that uh, the John and Ken audience, the KFI audience came through on. Right. And now uh, they may have the shooter of Jason Harrell in custody. We hope. Uh, you never know. But keep, uh, keep we don't have any details about the circumstances of this arrest, where, whether that $100,000 reward was involved. We don't know. So we're waiting for more detail. This story just came out in the last 20, 30 minutes. And if you can, uh, keep the donations coming uh, for uh, Jason Harrell because it's it, it, they're looking for $100,000. Uh, there's going to be a tremendous amount of medical bills because he got shot in the back of the head and the bullet went through the part of his brain that controls his, the movement on his right side and also his speech. And it's going to be a long recovery, and there's no telling you know, how much of a recovery, uh, how, how much time it's going to take. I mean, the medical bills and all the care bills once he gets home are going to be astronomical. He's got three kids, including um, you know, a seven-year-old, seven-year-old girl, I think, right? Yes. And, uh, you know, we... And the thing is, he, he, he's been a Johnny Ken listener for a long time. And it says he has and, limited income for his treatment, care, and recovery. Yeah. So and I don't even know if he had any insurance. So this is a tough situation. I think he worked in construction. I don't know if he had contracting jobs, maybe going from, from job to job, and he doesn't have full health insurance. I don't know. But the thing is, you know, he, he's one of you. He listens to our show every day. The dad, at least. The dad said... Um, that he, the dad, listens the to the show every day. a long-time fan, yes. Right. So, you know, we really feel a little extra bond there, and we want to help the family out. So if you want to help, uh, you know, a fellow listener's family here, uh, please uh, go to KFIAM640.com, the John and Ken page, and you will see the story about the 7-Eleven shootings. And if you click on the link, you'll get to the GoFundMe page, and they're at $12,725. And again, that's about ten grand plus more than yesterday at this time. Yeah, just about a day. It's all it took. So continue to donate there. Uh, we're trying to get Todd Spitzer on before 5 o'clock. We don't know if we'll have any luck because sometimes they're still gathering information and he wants to come out and make the official statement about this arrest and then of course take questions but you never know uh, you know we've known todd a long time he might come on the show before five so stand by for that we'll give you any more detail now speaking of george gascon the word came down late in the show yesterday that the signatures that the recall organizers turned into the la county registrar of voters did and was subject to the five percent sampling and the la county registrar put out the results this is dean logan is his name. Uh, the total number of signatures submitted, according to the registrar's office, was 715,833. We mentioned the other day that the organizers thought they turned in 717,000. But anyway, all right, we'll go with that number. And they did the 5% sampling. 
And this is kind of a mixed bag of results. If the 5% sample had enough to be uh, valid to make uh, the, to get to the, to get to the, to get to the ballot, to the recall, then they would have been done with this and we would have the recall election set. But they did not find as, uh, enough of them to be valid from the random sample. That fell below the threshold they needed to require to certify the petition outright. However, it was above the signature threshold to actually reject the whole recall. So this kind of fell right in between. Apparently, from what I see in their press release, the recall organizers are not disappointed, almost expected this. So the next thing that happens is they're going to go through all of the signatures, well, all 715,833. I did a calculation because they took 5%, right? One twentieth. So if you multiply the signatures they got by 20, you get to 559,000, which would be 7,000 short. But there's no telling whether this sample is a high sample, a low sample, a median sample, right? Not every sample is going to give you the same, the same result. No, but, you know, when they poll people, they use that as what they think is reflective of the entire population. Yeah, and the polls. So this is kind of the same theory Except that any 5% you take might be representative of the total population. When they do the polling, though, they balance everything for geography and age and race and, and sex. I don't know where they're taking this 5% out of. I don't know if it's balanced for anything. I don't know what their formula is. It's just if, if, if uh, on average... For the other 19 5% segments, right. if there was 368 more votes in each of those 5%, then you'd have enough, uh, which is a tiny amount in the grand scheme of things. So there's just no way to know uh, right now. But, it, you know, it's in a decent zone. Um, well, it's not dead. No, That's it's not good. dead. It's not dead. But it's obviously going to be close. Yeah. I, mean, I calculated that they had like a 21% rejection rate for the sample and as i said before they cannot really go above 20 percent rejection now we've looked at other recalls and other efforts and usually it's between 15 and 20 percent rejection rate so we're on the high end of that and let's hope maybe that will be balanced by say a 19 percent or 18 percent rejection rate with the the full uh, barrel yeah. of signatures and maybe yeah. this will make the make the ballot yeah, there's no way to tell because you don't know where they're selecting from. Was it just random? Uh, no. You know, I imagine different parts of the county or different methods of collecting the signature will, would have different rates of uh, good verifications. Just to show you who this DA is, he announced yesterday, George Gascon, that he's going to the California State Supreme Court to challenge an appeals court ruling that blocked one of his directives. This was the directive he issued to his prosecutors that prevented them from alleging prior strike allegations. And this is big because in the shooting deaths of the two El Monte police officers, we had a guy that came before George Gascon that had a strike on his record and he was nabbed for possessing a gun on probation. So he should have been subject to very, very harsh prosecution because he had a strike on his record. But the prosecutors were prevented from using that strike and therefore he got a light, light now, deal. This is one of the most outrageous things in all the outrageous things he's done. Can you imagine after the two cops get murdered because Gascon gave him a break and dismissed the strike? The judges later said that was illegal. 
Yeah, and L.A. County Superior Court judge said that, and then an appeals Uh, panel backed it up. Multiple three-judge panel of the California Second District Court of Appeals agreed with this L.A. County judge. Well, I imagine the Supreme Court is going to agree with the other judges as well, because this is the way the law is written. It's it's actually in black and white. The law was designed to force a prosecutor to use the strikes uh, against the suspect. That's why we created the whole concept of three strikes. That when you commit a strike, it's real. It sticks. It adds prison time to your latest crime. But the thing is, two cops were murdered. And he still wants the right to release a guy who murders cops. The appeals court said he does not have this power. But he still wants it. He must comply with the law. He's not a sovereign with absolute unreviewable discretion. He wants to let guys out with strikes on their record. And even after these two these two officers were brutally murdered, he still wants that right. He is a fanatic's fanatic. He's a complete right. extremist. When we come back, we're going to have a little bit more on George Gascon. You will not believe the story we found today concerning the recall effort against George Gascon, it calls for a special desk to be hauled out and placed before the audience. That'll come up next. But right before that, you'll have that keyword for a chance to win money. Johnny Ken Show, KFI. I'm going to lick you. We have Gavin Newsom, who's doing a great job. We have Eric Garcetti, Hilda Solis, Kevin DeLeon, Wendy Carrillo, because it is a team effort. Governor Cuomo has become a national leader, garnering the nickname America's Governor. And a very, very special thank you to our governor, no other than Gavin Newsom, because it is this partnership with Joe Biden that makes us come to reality. You spoke to National Guard troops today in a stirring speech that, if I wasn't listening carefully, I thought you were sending soldiers off to war. How many licks does it take? I'm going to get to Jimmy Gomez in a second. A good question. Let's find out. Hey, you. Yeah, you. It's time for your tongue bath. Mm. Rub-a-dub-dub. That is so offensive. And it was so, your idea. It was, well, of course it was my idea. The tongue bath desk that's, is dedicated that, that, that's, to... That's why it's disgusting. To those in the media who literally give, and they're usually politicians, the old tongue bath. It's a knob slobbering right up or interview that we decide we got to bring out the desk to cover it. The winner today is Politico.com and a person by the name of Ryan Lizza, L-I-Z-Z-A, who gave the tongue bath to George Gascon, beginning the article with, he was elected with 54% of the vote in November 2020. I won handsomely, he reminisced, during a 90-minute conversation at the Hall of Justice in downtown L.A. I got over 2 million votes. It was a big victory for criminal justice reformers. The leading progressive prosecutor in the country, taking over the movement's top target, the largest county in the country, and one that has long been hostile to change. Yeah, not enough cops shot to death in L.A. County. Holy mackerel. We needed somebody who would let out prisoners so that they would shoot cops dead. He's never prosecuted a case, Gascon, but he loves to tell people, I was a police officer. I was a police officer there for 27 years. The office has been one of the leading incarcerators. Death penalty put young kids into adult prison 
This office led the way. Are you kidding me? Listen to this. Back then in the fall of 2020, after the murder of George Floyd sparked a new racial justice movement, being a well-known advocate for criminal justice reform was an asset in L.A. Black Lives Matter signs appeared in Beverly Hills, and Gascon leaned in. (laughs) I hate that phrase. From the Newsom playbook. Leaned in to his message of radical reform. This is really about the... This is really about beginning to sort of dismantle systemic racism from the criminal justice system. Actually, what he meant was it's the beginning of dismantling the criminal justice system because that's what he's doing. He mentioned that Gascon did what he did. He ended the cash bail uh, for misdemeanors and nonviolent felonies. Uh, Probably went further than that. He told his deputy DAs not to seek the death penalty anymore, never try juveniles, adults, stop prosecuting people for first-time nonviolent misdemeanors, and stop using so-called sentencing enhancements, which allows prosecutors to pile on jail time. Boy, this writer really has it. Oh, he, he had. He was unzipped for this one. And then came the backlash. And here's what Gascon said. Oh, it became fashionable for affluent white people to want to be pro-police accountability. This is all over the Beverly Hills City Council, passing a vote of no confidence in Gascon. So you also are going to be, want to be seen with BLM. They want to be in demonstrations, right? I'm a little cynical now looking back. At the time, I actually thought that this was the parting of the waters. I said, for the first time, I'm hearing white affluent people understanding the suffering of black people in this country and poor people. Mm. And I thought this is a reversal. Yeah, well, I, don't, I think the Jacqueline Avant death really shook people up. And that was right there in Beverly Hills. And, Remember that? and she was a black woman, too. So, um, yeah, that's that's what happened is that um, some wealthy people or their children got murdered like Brianna Kupfer. Right. Out of Pacific Palisades, got murdered in uh, no, Paul yeah, Caretz's district. To death in the furniture, furniture store. Furniture store, right? yeah. And and there is, I, I mean, I, I've read a lot of data. And one of the last uh, Democratic uh, strongholds is white, upper-middle-class women with college degrees. Oh. They are the most devout Democrats and the wokest. Yeah. And... Um, they jumped on this bandwagon. They're the ones who put out those obnoxious lawn signs yes. listing their values. Oh, I had them in my neighborhood. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no guy yeah. does that. All because right? day after day, I'm reading more and more stories that Latinos are moving away from the Democrat Party. <laughs> well, that, They're not liking this woke stuff. That's what's funny is that uh, Latinos are moving towards Republicans. And one of the big issues is crime. So are some blacks as well. It's also and the economy, which the, the Democrats economy. are ignoring in favor of these issues right. of abortion and, and, and guns. And wealthy, white, woke women. Well, that's four, four W's there, huh? Wealthy, white, woke women. I like that. That's good. They are insulated from economic issues. And they could indulge in whatever the chic social movement is of the moment. Also known as coastal elites. Yes, they're the coastal elites. So so that's who the Democratic Party is centered around. That's where the wokest woke. And if you don't believe me, go on social media and you'll see. Now, they're, they're the ones on there preaching all the time. Well, when you get one of their own or their daughters getting killed by criminals who got loose from the system, they're going to flip real fast. The keeper quote in this story is when Gascon was talking about how oh, 
that it's more than 90% of his own deputy DAs do not support him and want him out. So this is what he said. In L.A., the deep state is real. Gascon can't fire the deputy DAs who are so hostile to his agenda that they have publicly endorsed the recall. Gascon said, think about Biden coming in, keeping Donald Trump's cabinet. That's what it's like. Are you kidding me? That's what he's comparing the deputy DAs to? Donald Trump's cabinet? He's the Biden coming in? Unbelievable. <laughs> Is that who you want to compare yourself to these days? Wow. And then, of course, he was asked about the Chester Boudin recall. One of the mistakes that Chesa made, I learned from it, and he'll readily recognize, is he was trying to talk to people about data. People don't care about data. Gascon does that all the time. He's acting like he doesn't do that. The science is clear. Oh, yeah. This Absolutely. is about emotion. Right? He, he's he's pre... Yes, yeah, about emotion. Right. Uh, your daughter gets knifed to death. Uh, you're being emotional. The data shows that this rarely happens. Oh, shut up. It's not so about gotta... data. It's, a, it's about people getting murdered who are, are in, living in safe areas, who are being murdered by people that you and your ilk let out wrongly, these... that you wrongly let <laughs> violent, crazy people out. These are long-time prosecutors whose job is to prosecute. They got a public defender coming in here. He actually brought in his public defender goons yeah. with them to release all the criminals. You... That's not criminal justice reform. That's dismantling. That's that's absolutely crumbling no. the entire but, system. Uh, that was uh, that was quite a wet soaking yeah, there is, tongue. There's bath water all over the from studio. Uh, Ryan Lizza. I mean his, his his tongue. He must have tongue abrasions from that. One. All right, we got more coming up. All right, John and Ken KFI. All right, again, the breaking news this afternoon is that they have arrested a suspect in the 7-Eleven shooting robbery spree that occurred Monday morning, very early in a number of cities in Riverside, Orange counties. Uh, this was announced by the Orange County District Attorney's Office, Todd Spitzer. He's expected to have a news conference at 5 o'clock, which we will carry. If we can get him on the air any earlier to talk about any more details about this arrest, we will uh, do that and get him on the show. So stand by for that. We don't know a lot, except they have announced an arrest of a suspect. And again, two people were killed. Several were wounded, including the son of a man we interviewed yesterday. We got the GoFundMe on the website if you want to help him out. Um, I said this a couple of months ago, and you're probably already hearing this. Um, under the category of it's never too early to talk about, it's November's ballot measures. There's only seven, which kind of surprised me because it seemed like the trend in California, particularly since they forced them all to November now, the ballot, the statewide ballot measures. There's been a lot of them, but there's seven. And you may, you're not imagining, you're already hearing ads <laughs> on one of them, which is the gambling measure. That's the one where they want to uh, allow online gambling. Mm -hmm. The money that's going to be spent on this will be an all-time record. Well, you know, often... The Native the American tribes are against Proposition 27. That's going to allow online sports wagering, and it's from companies like FanDuel and DraftKings. And, of course, in California, the tribes want to control the gambling because that's big bucks. So they have their own measure, Proposition 26. But you would only, you'd only be able to go to federally recognized Native American tribe gaming places. So the, 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 uh, the Indian tribes want the whole betting market. Yes. 
They do. They it will allow in-person sports wagering, but it will be restricted to tribal casinos so and a handful of racetracks. So that's 26 restricts right. it. That's right. 27 to, to is the big one. Right. That's It could be everywhere. That's 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 so, it's online and so, mobile sports wagering so the, for those 21 and older. So the tribes are pushing 26, and they're trying to stop 27. And right now, if you if you look at the TV or you hear the radio, you're hearing everything's about 27. So the tribes are hell-bent on stopping 27. I have a question. And the what? gambling outfits are hell-bent on getting it passed. What if they both pass? Supposedly the one with the most votes might be the one that takes effect. I read a couple of different opinions. Or that they could both take effect. Because you could you could go to a tribal casino and bet, or you could just you know bet online, right? They're I not, see. They're not mutually exclusive, the way I read this, but... I don't really have the answer to that. Well, you know, see, the way anything works is the first mover usually has the advantage, whether you're pushing a product, a company, or sometimes a ballot initiative. When you have a ballot initiative that most people probably really don't care about or know anything, they'll go with the first argument they hear. So if you spend a lot of money earlier and drive it in your people's head, hey, no on 27, no on 27, no on 27, you know, it gives a stink. To Proposition 27. But we're not getting ballots for months. Yeah, Nobody's voting right now. You, I find you, this a little ridiculous. You get, well, except that's not how the human brain works. If, if you've repeated a message often enough, the human brain absorbs the message. And then when they see 27, they get a little feeling like, oh, wait, I heard a lot about that. That's a bad idea. Hmm. Uh, maybe. I, what, I, what I think, though, is if you think there's a lot of ads now, just wait till September. Well, good. It's good <laughs> for us. It'll be huge for us. We're one of the primary beneficiaries. But the one I want to spend some time talking about right now is the one that deals with uh, the obsession with getting California to go all electric vehicles. And this is Proposition 30. The Wall Street Journal put out a great opinion on the measure this week. Uh, I like the first paragraph. Progressives in California have taken the rideshare companies hostage to their climate agenda. Lyft is trying to escape by sticking up high-income taxpayers. Witness the November ballot initiative, the company's bankrolling, to soak the affluent to subsidize electric vehicles that the state has mandated for its drivers. So here's the details. First of all, the title. Clean Cars and Clean Air Act. That's the name of it. Uh, $8 million came from the San Francisco-based Lyft company to help get this on the ballot. It will raise the top income tax rate on people who make more than $2 million by 1.75 percentage points. You know what the income tax rate's going to be on those people now? 15.05%. 15. 15, giving California the highest rate in the country after New York City, and it's which to is 14.8. And it's to give poor people electric cars. That's what and, they're trying well, to do. You well, know what? That's, that's well, the guise a, of it. There's a reason Lyft wants to do that is because they want their drivers to have electric yes. cars. And most that's of their right. drivers are on the poorer side. That's why they're driving for Lyft. That's right. Exactly right. They so, want the, so, so, so they're, they're going to use four and a half, three billion to four and a half billion will go to zero emission vehicles. Right. Love this part. The other 20 percent, because you're going to hear this in the commercials, to wildfire prevention. OK, and, and this they is, did that, it says here, to get beyond the appeal to coastal elites to make other people, particularly in wildfire regions, which is way inland, to think, oh, there's something in there for me, too. I'll vote yes. All right. There's two evil things going on here. Lift 
wants to tax people in order to benefit their so it benefits their business. Oh, yeah, they because want they the, want the, their the rich port- people to help pay some of their expenses. Right. Exactly. It, Lyft doesn't want to pay for the electric cars themselves. So they want taxpayers to pay for the electric cars that the Lyft drivers use. Secondly, the commercials are going to be largely about wildfires, very little about electric cars. Yeah. Because they've done this before. There was another proposition that passed because it made claims how they were going to they ran they ran ads firefighters risking their lives in the forest. Right. The firefighters covered with dirt and soot and, you know, 40 foot flames in the background in order to create an emotional response in people. It says Lyft and Uber don't employ drivers directly, but they'll have no choice other than to require drivers to lease or buy an EV. This could severely limit the supply of their drivers since most of their drivers are very low income. Yeah. Uh, they well, make an average of about 32 grand a year. That's their business problem. I don't care if it's just wealthy people. That's their business problem. And, and the thing is, they know they wouldn't get this passed just trying to pass a tax uh, to uh, subsidize their electric car needs. They know that they wouldn't be able to pass it, so they come up with this wildfire funding cover. And I, I hate that. In fact, you, you hear the sound here? Listen to this. This is my Lyft app being deleted from my phone. Is there that really go. what you're doing? It says delete Lyft. Oh, wow. There you go. Gone. No more Lyft. Look at Lyft. that. You quit Lyft. No. I, I find that devious, dishonest, diabolical. That is so wrong. I mean, if if you want to tax rich people to buy to buy electric cars for your business, yes, that's exactly you, what they're doing. You, shifting the cost, then, then right. run on that issue because you'll lose. But to cover it up with a bogus nonsense wildlife funding mechanism, wildfire, yeah, wildfire. Uh, the, the journal points out to California's a hundred billion dollar surplus. Yeah, thanks to federal largesse and a capital gains windfall. They could have plenty of money to spend on EV subsidies without raising taxes. Yeah. They, but instead, they write this nicely. They conscript a business like Lyft into raising taxes for them. See that? <laughs> so they got away with something here, too. They got Lyft doing their dirty work by raising right. taxes on the wealthy under the guise of uh, and, increasing the electric vehicles. And Lyft works together with the Newsom administration to do this. They, you know, they all sit in a room and come up with this clever plan. It's like, well, you know, it's an election year. We really don't want to raise taxes. Can we get you to raise taxes by funding a ballot initiative? And Lyft is going, well, I don't know. I mean, what's the public going to think? We're raising taxes just to give our drivers electric cars. Oh, I know. Let's pretend the money's going to go to wildfire uh, fighting. Prevention, yeah. Wildfire prevention. I think that's going to be the... Right. And so they'll run commercials that make it look like 100% of the money is going for wildfire prevention. You'll see. And then everybody goes, well, I'm for the firemen. Oh, this is terrible, isn't it? Because all of California is always burning. It's so dishonest. You got yourself an early voter guide, a no on Proposition 30. No. That's the number it has. No. Right. And there you go. Lyft app is gone from my phone. And I, I like Lyft better than Uber, but sorry. Yeah, I do too. Gonna, I guess I have to think about not that. not going to participate in this. All right, more coming up. Drive my own car. John and Ken, KFI. And- All right, there's a bit of a surprise here in this afternoon's breaking news, at least to me. The El Segundo Times is reporting 
two suspects have been arrested in the string of deadly shootings at the 7-Eleven stores. Two. Is that right? That's what they're saying in their update about 15 minutes ago. Um, now, again, Orange County DA Todd Spitzer announced the arrest as a news conference coming up supposedly around 5 o'clock. These are the robberies, and again, the date was 7-Eleven, right? Well, did we, did, we, did we have a copycat uh, on the loose, or is uh, this a team? I didn't hear. I didn't hear in any of the stories of the, the surveillance picture was one guy, right? Every story was about one guy. I uh, taking, don't know take, what to tell you. Taking the victim by surprise and you know shooting him. Now I have another theory, because this wasn't just the Seven Eleven stores. There was some robberies in the North San Fernando Valley that they thought might be related. They're listing the robberies here as Brea, La Habra, Riverside, Upland, Santa Ana, Ontario. Most of those are 7-Elevens, but, and that's two people dead and three injured. Is it possible that even though they thought it might be the same robber, but what are the odds, though? If it's two different robbers, they caught them both? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. To, we'll have to wait and see. That's, and, this and, is their reporting, two suspects. I don't know. Maybe... Uh... Maybe, maybe, maybe he has yeah. an accomplice that was doing something maybe. like a getaway car or a, yeah. So well, we'll find out. Uh, Todd yeah. Spitzer is going to do a uh, news conference at five o'clock, and if we can get any information out of his office earlier, we'll give it to you. Our news yeah. department's working on it, so uh, we're, we got you covered. We are going to talk about the Starbucks closure in the three o'clock hour. Predictably, the El Segundo Times did one of those stories where they talked to people that that doubts it's really for safety reasons. Really. Because a couple of blocks away, there's another Starbucks, and that one's you know staying what? open. They're, the, those people are out there, and they're the hardcore progressives. Because clearly, this is a uh, uh, black mark against this progressive social justice reform movement. It is. And it's a terrible black mark, because now you have a major company closing up shops, just like Walgreens was in San Francisco. So everything that sane people have been saying is turning out to be true, that businesses eventually won't put up with this, and they're going to want to get out of business, get out of town. They're not going to just let their employees and their customers die in a hail of bullets one day. So, of course, these little weasels come up and say, well, actually, it's because Starbucks uh, uh, is taking retaliation against uh, those stores that are unionizing. I saw this in the comments on the Nextdoor app. Oh, did you? Somebody was complaining. <laughs> yeah, and somebody's complaining, not complaining, or just writing about the Starbucks and Santa Monica closing. Isn't this terrible? We got we to do something about Gascon, blah, 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 all that, right? And then I'm just scrolling through the comments looking for, for uh, gold nuggets. And there, there it is. There it is, one woman, maybe about 17 comments down. No, this isn't true. It's because Starbucks is anti-union, and they're closing stores that are planning to unionize. Oh, this uh, is in the Times story, yes. Oh, oh yeah, I know. Well, because where do hardcore progressives work? They work yeah. at the LA Times. So this is their talking point to fog to, up the issue. So, so to, to change play the down the safety issue, right? To, to change the subject. Because and there's all something something I found even worse in there was the comment by a couple of people, well, you know, that's life in the big city now. The acceptance. There is so we'll get into all of this. There is that. Progressives, I see pull that all the time. That when you when you when you start talking about how terrible the crime is, well, what do you expect? Crime has been around in the big cities, you know, all our lives. It's like, no, no, sorry, we don't have to put up with with any crime. 
we should do everything we can to reduce it to the uh, barest minimum. And we have some audio. We hope we can hear it well from the CEO of Starbucks talking about the closures. That'll come your way right after three o'clock. Uh, we're all watching John Cobelt very carefully mm. to see if he pitches over. The story he brought to us after his return from vacation has now gone national. This is the recall of an ice cream brand I never heard of before with an odd name, Big Olaf. Big Olaf is based in Sarasota. That's where I went on vacation. My wife's family lived there for decades. So we went back there for a trip, and my wife kept eyeing the Big Olaf Creamery. So there's saying, a store because this is all about like they sell it, I guess, nationwide in well, those containers and the, the grocery stores. Yeah, it's it's, it's a brand, and they yeah. then they have outlets, ice cream shops, right? Where you can right. order and sit and enjoy, or you know you can go. I didn't realize they were in the grocery store because I don't do grocery shopping in Florida very much, but uh, it looks like well, I they, think they're nationwide. I, I don't know I if they're here in California. I didn't know that some of these illnesses are being reported outside of Florida. And the big Olaf Creamery is based in a small Amish community in Sarasota. Oh. They produce all the ice cream in their little community. That's their business. Uh-oh, what did they do? Well, this is Listeria. And listen to this. 22 hospitalizations, one death, and one fetal loss. Yeah, it's it's it causes miscarriages and stillbirths among pregnant women. Listeria monocytogenes? is an organism which can cause serious and sometimes fatal infections in young children, frail or elderly people, and others with weakened immune systems. Although healthy individuals can suffer only short-term symptoms like high fever, severe headaches, stiffness, nausea, abdominal pain, and good old diarrhea, mm. listeria infection can cause miscarriages and stillbirths among pregnant women. Yeah, so we went to Big Olaf. You ate a lot of Olaf? Yeah, I think uh, it's now three weeks since I consumed uh, Big Olaf. And you were saying that it could take longer for Two it to months. show up? Two months. What, is it growing inside you if you have it and then it starts to affect your health? I guess. I guess it, uh, it could be reproducing right now. And I went See, right... See, the vegan says don't eat, you know, That's right. dairy ice cream. See, I don't have to worry about that kind of thing. There's one on Catalina Island. Is a, it Big Olaf? A big, yeah, really? I just looked it up. No kidding. Look at that, John. They, I mean, they have a lot in Florida. Yeah, there's a, an illness they think in Ohio, but yes, most of the most of the cases and most of the stuff is sold in Florida. Yeah, well, I mean, some of them could be tourists who went to Florida and then you know, caught the oh. uh, caught the listeria, and then a few weeks later. Oh, uh, it says here they a lot of it went to senior homes in Florida. They buy the ice cream. Uh oh, because that's where uh -huh. you have the frail immune system. <laughs> Like they don't have enough problem with the COVID outbreak. Uh, so they halted production and distribution of all their products for now. And they put the recall numbers out for the batches that they believe were contaminated. But it says here, customers who purchased Big Olaf. Is there actually a guy that's a Big Olaf? I think they have a logo that there's a Big Olaf guy. Although the, the place that we've gone to, we've gone to for over 20 years. And it's the same guy who works there. And I just thought he was Olaf. Oh, because he looks like an Olaf. His store, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an older guy. He's kind of hunched over. He's balding. Uh, he's got like uh, like a, a a big nose and a, a a big chin, you know. And he just looked like a cartoon character. And I just thought in my head, well, that must be Big Olaf. And who makes this again? What people? The Amish. So is is Olaf an Amish name? You think maybe? No, it's German. It is a. I think the Chancellor of Germany's uh, his name is Olaf. The logo's a guy with a black beard and a black hat, so that fits the Amish description. 
Olaf. Oh, is look the... at that. I, I, I never, I don't, didn't remember the uh, the logo. He's the snowman in the cartoon, right? See, Olaf I, and... I thought yeah, frozen. I frozen, thought right? it was the manager of this ice cream shop. I thought he was Big Olaf because I never saw another Big Olaf ice cream shop. What, like Big Tony sandwiches? Well, yeah, it's just one guy. <laughs> like you know, if I started a burger joint, I'd call it Big John's Burgers. <laughs> Uh, well, he's right, because back east we had a place called Carvel, and it was named after Tom Carvel, yeah. who was the founder, right? Sure. All right, when we come back, we'll take a closer look at Starbucks. We have audio of the CEO talking about those closures being related to safety issues. He was actually recorded at an internal meeting. And then the El Segundo Times weighs in, because people on the west side, now they can't get their coffee at their favorite Starbucks, and they're wondering if this is really just a cover for another reason for closing the stores. It's all coming up. And then there's little Debbie's Cakes. Yes. But I don't eat those anymore. Oh, no? no they're not vegan. They're not vegan. No. Yeah, there's dairy in them. There's <laughs> eggs or something. <laughs> we need to have Little Debbie vegan cakes. Little Debbie vegan cakes. Then jo I'll eat those. John and Ken show uh, Little Debbie vegan cakes has the news. KFI AM 640. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. Is your money working for you? The best way to hedge volatility and inflation is investing in commercial real estate with Reef. That's rreaf.com backslash investor. Skip the crowdfunding sites and invest directly with Reef. Reef owns and operates each investment, cutting out the middleman and providing investors with exclusive off-market deals. There is no better time than the present to explore our lucrative portfolio of commercial real estate. Open to accredited investors only. Visit rreaf.com backslash investor. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid back nature. He's a family man and being a country mega star while also having seven kids, you know, he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. There are choices that can change your life. Like the choice to start routine colorectal cancer screening at age 45. It's one of the most common cancers for women and men. And it doesn't always have symptoms. But there's good news. Routine screening can catch colorectal cancer early and even prevent it. And there's even better news. You have screening options. Make the choice to put your health first. Talk to your doctor about your screening options or visit cdc.gov slash screen for life for more information.